1: December 30th, 2019, the last Raw
0: of the
1: 2010s, the last Wrestling Inc. podcast of the 2010s. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Matt Morgan, joining us from lovely Hawaii. It's daylight there.
2: It is. It's getting dark quickly, though. Right around 6, it starts getting dark, and it's uh, 6, 16 p.m. Hawaii time. And here I am for you, Wrestling Inc. post-Raw podcast listeners and watchers.
1: Oh, it was a tough one tonight, dude. There were some good moments, but mm. Jesus, that last segment—poor Liv Morgan, like. Yes. I mean, let's yes. let's just dive into it. Let's just talk about it. What we had tonight. Um, we had Kevin Owens start the show, and they're keeping it going. His beef with Seth Rollins and the authors of pain. Um, okay. So he's calling them out. Out Came Rollins with Akam and Razor, uh, and Samoa Joe came in. Was the difference maker tonight? Uh, getting involved in the yeah. brawl with this. So, what do you think of this pairing? So, Samoa Joe not on commentary now, back and pairing him with Kevin Owens.
2: Okay, I know you're a huge fan of Joe on commentary, right? Um, He's great, and I I, missed I, I like Junk. He was missed tonight. You're correct on that. Um, if there was a way he could do both, <laughs> um, he I'd should. be all for it. Just be. Because, like I was telling you before the show started, like me and Glenn usually chat for like two seconds while we're getting things loaded and he's getting ready to start the show. And we always stop ourselves because we want to talk live in front of you fans to get our initial reactions live. So we stopped talking about what I wanted to say, and that was I love Joe's intensity tonight. I really, to me, as a fan and as a former worker, to me, Joe's intensity is unparalleled. And I'm being dead serious. I know we have better athletes than Joe. We have guys that are more muscular than Joe. Guys that are better high-flying shit than Joe. All right? In high spots. But at the end of the day, Joe's eyes do in his facial expressions, I always feel it right away when he's intense. And he came out with those big old eyes of his tonight, and he looked like he was going to eat someone alive. And um, I don't know. I'm in favor of anything where Joe is being highlight, highlighted. I always complain that this guy should be in the main event picture. And he is. So, you know, I, I was happy about how that went tonight with him. Do you think that because him
1: and KO are unique in the sense that they're uh, two bigger guys, but two bigger guys that are yeah. considered ass kickers, right? They're considered brawlers. They're yeah. not heavy yep. machinery. Ah, uh, they're not the right. Viking Raiders. I almost worry by pairing them up together; it draws almost too much attention to it. Whereas they can have that unique yeah.
2: mystique separate. I know what you're saying. Um, yeah, they break that mold. Joe's been yeah. doing it for years, um, for many, many years. Even when I started in Ohio Valley Wrestling, I remember John Cena was wearing a Samoa Joe World Tour short, and it was an <laughs> ugly brown shirt. I was like, who the hell picks brown as their color? And Cena's like, well, nobody else does, right? So that was pretty smart of him. I go, well, who is him? Who is this Samoa Joe? And um, uh, Nova, over the conversation, gave me a couple of tapes, uh, like highlight tapes of Samoa Joe. And I was just awestruck at how athletic he was for a guy that size, right? What an ass kicker. And then got a chance to work with him over the years at TNA. I wrestled him millions of times. And I know what you're saying as far as the body type goes. And and again, they break the mold, both KKO and Joe do. So does that kind of hurt them as far as being different than everybody else? Right. Um, My fear is Vince. My fear is one day Vince just waking up in the middle of the storyline and going, what the hell are we doing with these two guys on top? They don't look like Cena and no one there to go wake up Vince. You don't need to look like Cena or any bodybuilder, to be an ass kicker. Feel free to go to any bar, any nightclub, and see the guys that can scrap. Nine out of ten times, they're not bodybuilders! They're guys yes. that look like that.
1: Yeah. No, and he ends up renaming them Tons of Funk 2.0. You know, it's... Uh, and, and
2: yes, yeah. yes, something lame like that. And I would also argue this point. If you're, I, I hang out bodybuilders, and I know many of them. I, and, I, and no offense to them, but nine out of ten of them can't fight. Yeah. They've never even been in a fight. I think they're
1: both great. Um, I would almost keep them on separate brands because they each have that unique credibility, but I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic yeah. about what they're going to do with this, but it's with, if it's them versus Rollins and AOP, who's the third that you add into the mix?
2: Ooh. Ooh, 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 see, this is where I would like Sammy. Yeah. Not doing his thing with Nakamura. You know what I mean? Just because Sammy would be a great, the promos would be through the roof, but I don't know. It can't be someone that big, right? It's got to be somebody that could sell and take the heat and get sympathy, I would think. I mean, Ray it still makes, makes sense storyline-wise. Oh, there you go. That's it. That's who yeah. it is. Yeah. That's who
1: it is. Yeah. If they're done oh. with him and Andrade next week, I think uh in fact, if I think Day
2: will be costing that match for uh Ray. You're correct. I'm going with 100% in on your, that prediction for you. Yeah, we'll see.
1: We'll see. Uh, that match, it's going to be Ray versus Andrade rematch for the U.S. title next week. Yeah. Uh, Andrade won it at Madison Square Garden at a live event. Not even telling That about.
2: was cool. Yeah. That was cool. I like that.
1: Yeah, I like that. Uh, although tonight we'll talk about the Randy Orton thing mixing in uh, the live event. Uh, events, but Alistair Black versus Buddy Murphy, the rematch from TLC, the match that stole the show at TLC, this match tonight, I mean, we were talking about this off the air, I mean, a definite high point amongst uh so much just of a slog tonight.
2: I agree. I agree.
1: This was really good, but where do they go from here? I mean, Aleister Black getting the definitive win here over it. Um,
2: Yeah. I, I, first of all, he still has the coolest finisher. That freaking finisher, I don't know how he's not killing people with it, um, but he's obviously not, because they continue to let him do it. Um, yeah. the, here's something else I noticed, and you're going to think I'm weird, but his name, Alistair, it's hard to chant and get into a sync, because I heard the fans tonight wanting to do it, and some of them were. Yeah, I thought the fans were getting um, Alistair. Alistair. It just doesn't have the same thing. I, I, I don't know, but I'm overanalyzing again. That's my OCD. But I I was trying to listen to the fans more tonight with this match to see these two getting anywhere. And I will argue they turned that audience positively. And the fans were chanting for the match eventually. Yeah.
1: It was a good match, man. I mean, I don't know if they go anywhere from here. I think
2: Black needs a new feud. Bro, he needs a Nakamura that he needs yeah. to go over on. He needs someone, like, at that level. Sheamus
1: would be good. I think we talked about this on a podcast before. But he just I
2: think. he just came back. He's just coming. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's – I don't yeah. know. If he wasn't already – if he wasn't out and coming back, i think yeah, Sheamus would be good. Um, it can't be Cesaro. It's got to be somebody of meaning. He's got to beat someone in that intercontinental level shelf. yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, it was interesting tonight with uh, AOP and Seth and them leaving voluntarily after that setup in the opening segment, not leading to uh main event match. I mean, I, they're keeping this going for next week, I guess.
2: I, I liked it. That was different.
1: Yeah. Um, and I think, uh, it definitely builds up some suspense. I, yeah, I think with Ray, I think it just makes too much sense, uh, to have him yeah. interfere. So we went from that match with Alistair going over on, uh, Buddy Murphy. Oh mm-hmm. man. Eric Rowan versus Kip Stevens. So they're doing it again. Eric with the cage yeah. and the enhancement talent. Yeah. Who was the girl backstage? Uh, when I thought when he was talking to Lana. About the wedding, that was Lana. That was yeah, Lana, was. right? Yeah, there were, and we'll talk about this in the last segment. I had to double check on Twitter where I was like, "That's really Liv Morgan they're bringing back for this," because I just I almost didn't want to process that they would actually waste her return for that uh, main segment tonight. Sometimes though, it's very easy to uh, I know get confused with it. Uh so Charlotte, Flair, squ- yeah, I'm sorry.
2: Really quick, squ- yeah. another squash for Eric Rowan. Continues to build his. I, I'm okay with this. It doesn't take up much of my TV time. There's a big monster looking like a big monster. I, I'm okay with that because it's going to lead to him being um, doing the JOB to somebody who's going to need it. Hell, Alistair Black, if they both were baby faces, would have been good.
1: Yeah. No, I agree with that. Um, Matt, everyone's saying you have the better backdrop for a change tonight with your scenery there. <laughs> even further illustrate how different it is. Northern California is practically uh, uh snowy New Hampshire compared to
2: Hawaii.
1: <laughs> Seriously, I look at what's behind you and I can't help but think I'm like, dude, you watched Monday Night Raw tonight and you're doing this podcast and you are literally in paradise.
2: I'm dedicated. I'm like Raj Geary. <sighs> Raj, uh, I dude, believe is a did- publication still. Yeah. Yeah, where did I do my, okay, where did I do not last SmackDown, but the SmackDown before from, oh, Turning Point USA event that I was like, a guest speaker at, right? <laughs> I should have been on cloud nine out with my wife, living it up, high-fiving everybody. But no, I was watching SmackDown and doing the podcast. Now I'm in Hawaii with my in-laws, my mom, my mother-in-law, congratulations, mom, just uh retired after 26 years of work. Today was her last day. They all went out to dinner and here I am doing the podcast. I am the most dedicated guy on the show, sans Glenn. Well, I mean, I've, I've missed a few. I did
1: do it when I went to my grandfather's funeral, but I have missed a few for uh, World Travel. Uh, but no, I mean, dude, you're hardcore you about this. That, I mean, I was watching this tonight, and for a lot of this, I was just thinking about everything else I'd rather be watching. I don't know if you finished <laughs> The Mandalorian yet. Like, the last episode of The Mandalorian was so good, I was like, I'd rather be watching that again. I'd rather dude. be anything. anything insane
2: yeah. i i agree like i've watched it twice to be honest
1: yeah it's like i like i like the mandalorian better than this last star wars maybe better than the last two actually oh uh, my
2: god yes. yes
1: yeah um so we had charlotte flair versus natalia these two are always good for a great match i mean going back to nxt they are the
2: they big are, he- are, but.
1: headline yeah well i mean we'll talk about the lack of stakes but charlotte announced herself as the first entrant into the 30 woman royal rumble match
2: the Women's Royal Rumble on January 26th. I was hoping she was announced for the men's, but hey, I, <laughs> by doing that, then you then you shit on the whole idea of having a women's battle royal, right? Why would you not want to be in the women's in, instead in favor of the men's? Because then you're saying the men's is better more important by doing that, right? Yeah. Okay, so that makes sense. But in my head, I was like, I was hoping she picked the men's and they actually freaking put her over just because to me, anything no holds no flaws to me she is the the, if this was my company i'm being dead honest and i was starting it out take away brock lesnar i would think very long and hard about making her my number one overall draft choice like i would start my company with her i think she is that damn good on the mic that damn good in the ring she can go back and forth between heel and face Um, Like on a whim Just on a whim's notice Like every week she can play one or the other Yeah, And she's very good at it And she's so damn athletic But the match with Natty I was like come on I I love seeing those two wrestle I do They have great chemistry They put on classics But I I mean come on I I just We've seen it too many times And and like you said The stakes And if I'm Charlotte Flair Charlotte you don't have to always beat those That are inferior to you Mm. With the damn with, with, With your figure eight I would have liked to seen her going over with her, um, what do you call it? The thing she does when she flips over. Moonsault? Natural natural selection. That is a dope looking move and that looks like a finisher. And when I was wrestling, if you guys remember, not many of you watched TNA, but if you did, you would have seen that I wouldn't always do the carbon footprint. Sometimes i beat people with a choke sign that I felt were a couple notches down. Not to sound arrogant, but to protect those moves as well for false finishes later down the road versus a Kurt Angle. So then when I do hit a choke slam on a Sting or a Kurt, it's more believable when I cover them one, two, and they kick out versus everyone kicking out of the choke slam. You, know, you see what I'm saying?
1: No, I agree. And it's pretty you much your TNA run. Uh, when the Clip was going around Christmas, the promo face off with you and Samoa Joe and TNA it's remarkable <laughs> it's remarkable to me i thought about this today while i was out running errands like it's amazing that matt morgan doesn't no. talk about all the time how in mm. tna whether it's aj styles samoa joe uh you know half the AEW roster a lot of that guys next year like you worked <laughs> with these guys you don't pull the like well you know not to not to talk to talk at his <laughs> class but you know when working with them, i could tell you like you never pull that card like you know everything because you've actually worked with these dudes. You're able to detach yourself as a fan. And I have so much respect yeah. for you on that. Thanks. Because yeah. somebody could tell me something about a coworker or somebody I worked with 30 years ago. And I have to get all inside <laughs> baseball about how they are as a person. <laughs> and the fact that you can <laughs> detach from that, I'm, I respect that so much.
2: Thanks. In my first year doing this podcast, that it was hard to go back to being 100% fan. Yeah. But I've gotten the hang of it again. and um. I, that's how I just do it. I try to do this from the best perspective as possible, as am I entertained by every segment we watch, every wrestler we watch, and try to take the wrestler out of it yeah. when I watch it, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, I see these clips when they go around and you and TNA. <laughs> that and, one was like, funny. How far, well, that was, that was a really, really good segment. But, uh, yeah, I mean, props to you for <laughs> being
2: – what's that? Did you hear did you hear, Joe? Joe would always put his little nuggets His little easter eggs In a lot of his different promos Like that one yeah. he, he, He's best friends with Sanjay Dutt it's like One of his best yeah. friends of all time and He shoots on Sunday Merry Christmas everybody Except you Sanjay <laughs> <laughs> Like just, just to dig him And just screw it I And mean, just so many funny things like that But that was TNA You could do things like that And they would, the writers wouldn't have the slightest clue What was happening in Joe's ribbon Or things like that but it was typical Angry Joe, right? He comes in, yeah. and starts breaking everything and going bananas. It's uh, it was so funny. Hard to keep a straight face.
1: Darn. Oh, I bet, I bet. Um, so we got a promo: Charlie Caruso backstage with Becky Lynch tonight. Becky mm-hmm. talking about Asuka uh, and setting in the match, setting the challenge for the 2020 Royal Rumble, putting the women, the Raw Women's title, on the line in a rematch against Asuka to see if she can beat her. Uh. At the pay-per-view, so there you have it What do you make of Becky pulling back the curtain And talking so much about Oh, I'm the face of this business, but they're protecting me Almost like she's making excuses for how She's still incredibly popular But been so misused For much of 2019
2: I Good honor, get it out there Because we all see it, right? We see how terrible they book her at times Yeah And, and when you're on top, you have that opportunity I'm just very surprised WWE's letting her do it yeah, I'll be honest because my fear, and like, granted, I'm no Becky Lynch, but my fear would be that they're going to demote me if I continue to do that because that's what she's doing. She's taking a nice steaming dump on the creative team, which it's deserved. That freaking woman, yeah. that was white hot, the hottest act in yeah. wrestling. Yeah, no, I mean, I like it's. It.
1: I think uh, – I hope 2020 is a reboot for her since WrestleMania. Pairing her with Seth really derailed Ugh. her momentum coming out of Mania and defeating Ronda Rousey. It did. It did, dude. But 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 I like these promos. I do. <sighs> so we did get the Liv Morgan teaser tonight, again, which I was shocked when she showed up at the end, uh, saying someone made her feel different, but they took it away and uh, Liv's more methodical. She strikes – I have to say – That was a decent swerve tonight, and they made you think, Oh, it's another week, another promo. We're not possibly going to see her this evening.
2: I thought the same thing,
1: yes. Uh, Gals and Anderson versus the Street Profits. Street Profits Mm -hmm. going hard at the beginning with the OC jokes, even singing the OC theme song uh, from the Fox show back in the day. And uh, yeah, I mean, this was a pretty good match, man. Street Profits, that top rope, frog splash is insane um it is it is love them getting the win tonight next week i really want to see them go over the club and the viking raiders next
2: week i think they're more than ready number one um but but the 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 pre-match whatever you want to call it promo i I didn't dig that i I think that was funny
1: i think if you're gonna cut down anybody like you look stupid if your insults are stupid you know what I mean? You do. And yeah.
2: uh, and I'd also argue the, the, the process of promo teaching 101, which is you don't want to make fun too much of your opponents because what happens when they start kicking your ass? <laughs> now you're getting your ass kicked by the person you just claimed all these negative things about. Yeah. Yeah. Right?
1: No, I so agree I with that.
2: Know.
1: It's tough. I mean, they're shtick. And that match they cut. Or that promo they cut afterwards talking about the multiverse. And Dawkins, like a deer in the headlights, just stopped talking at one point. And then Montez like, <laughs> yeah. changed the subject. I mean, that was a little awkward. I think with these guys, it's a little hit or miss depending on their material. I wonder, you've said this before, they're trying to maybe over-script them and give them material rather than just let them be themselves.
2: Of course. Do you think those two dudes are going to be freaking singing the lyrics to the OC? Yeah, probably not. Come on. Hell no. No one in that arena would argue. I mean, me and you are probably the only people that even remember that damn show. I bet you our freaking listeners would. Huh? The older um, fans. The older fans know. Yeah. Okay. But but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, these guys are supposed to be cool. They're supposed to be edgy. They're not talking about that corny ass show.
1: Yeah. And the problem with it is, I mean, we've talked about this before with nostalgia and whatnot. It's not old enough to be cool again. You know what I mean? Like, right.
2: Yeah. Right. 100% accurate, dude. Yes, exactly. That's what I was looking for. Yeah, enough time goes by and people have a
1: fondness for it, but the OC just ended like 10 years ago. No one, no one's talking about it. Right. Um, so we had a two-on-one handicap match tonight. Zach Ryder and Kurt Hawkins versus Drew McIntyre. Obviously, Drew McIntyre got the win, but what did you think of Drew's uh, promo tonight?
2: You think it was good? The sexy Scotsman? Well, maybe not that line, but yeah. I, I don't I, I thought he was more confident.
1: It is. I feel like they don't know what they want to do with him. Is he a monster? Is he charismatic? Is he a charismatic monster? Uh I mean what what is his character? You know, this is a big guy. I mean, you know, with you, I mean Vince's yeah. Vince's supposed brilliant idea was, Oh, you've got this weakness, this flaw. It humanizes you, but it's also your yes. trigger. Like with Drew, I don't even think he's that defined. I just feel like every week. They're trying something a little
2: different to see what sticks. He doesn't have he doesn't have an Achilles. He doesn't have he doesn't have himself an Achilles heel. Um, which I'm surprised yeah. at. But that you know, but Drew trying to be babyface, says Michael McFarland from the chat. Um Yeah, I, I um, yeah, some of them most of them are saying that. Al. Slow, that doesn't work for me. Drew needs to be a shit, excuse my language, a crap kicking heel.
1: Yeah, something. Um, I mean, this tonight, whatever it was, what it was. Uh, we got the announcement Brock Lesnar is going to be back next week for the first draw of 2020. Rey Mysterio is going to have that U.S. Championship rematch with Andrade and a triple threat for the triple threat for the Raw Tag Team title. Viking Raiders defending like, the street profits. And the OC, which Let's talk about Randy Orton
2: tonight. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, I'm excited about that three way tag because I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna move the belts. I do. I don't think the. I
1: think the U.S. Championship. The more I think about it, I think AOP and Seth are interfering in that. Uh, so uh, Andrade over retain. Mm-hmm. So I think to give mm-hmm. everybody a feel good big beginning of the year moment. I yes. think It'll be a Street Profits celebration. Yep. On the show. Hell yeah! Me too. So Randy Orton doing a big swerve tonight. They kept talking about his injury at a live event uh, that happened last night in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Came out to the ring in crutches, and he talked about this injury like he didn't know when he was going to be back. If he was going to be back, AJ comes out and starts getting into it with him. Uh, And the next thing you know, it was all a big fake, and uh, he hits AJ with an RKO. That was good. You like it? Uh, I I don't like when they play this angle too much, just simply because... I don't know wow. i mean it's the, I, I did believe it for a little bit it did but then when aj came out it was like well wait a second there's no way this is <laughs> like yeah. there's just no way like at that point you know yeah. um i mean whatever you know it was what it was it fooled a lot of people online a lot of people were tweeting during this oh my god randy's retiring i hope he gets you know i mean like we all
2: <laughs> hey god give me one second i've got to close this door
1: yeah of course uh, so that segment and, and, and people in the chat don't act like, oh, I knew all along, uh, even Ernie saying, you know, could have been a legit scare. They use the scare as a storyline. Clearly something happened at the event. Mark Forbes is saying the swerve was great. He had him fooled. It doesn't happen easily. I was fooled. Uh, you know, DJ Bingbing saying Oscar worthy performance by Randy Orton reminds me of the Mark Henry promo. Uh, I think a lot of people got oh, fooled yeah. by this tonight. And I think that's the thing. I think it's just, um, I don't know we do see career ending injuries happen in this business on an right. annual basis. You know, I, I get why they do it because right, man it's the ultimate thing, right? It's like, Oh, if they think you would never possibly make that be a work, then that's why it's a good work.
2: You know? Yeah. Mark Henry's a good call, by the way. Who, yeah. Who said that?
1: Yeah. Um, so Andrade versus some enhancement talent tonight. Uh, I was thinking about what we talked about, man. When Andrade was beating that kid up and then exposed the concrete, I was going to go for the DDT before Ricochet came out. I was thinking just about everything we talked about. I was like, they wouldn't actually DDT enhancement talent onto the concrete, uh, given how you've talked about that before. That's the most painful bump to take. It I is. Mean, a lot can go wrong. But uh, Ricochet came out, uh, made the save, and then we had Ricochet versus Andrade with Andrade getting the big win. Would you have thought – Going into this year with the way the jetpack was on Ricochet, that Ricochet would essentially be, you know, yeah, getting
2: pinned by Andrade (laughs) at the end of the year and Andrade would be getting the big push. No, and here's why it's because Andrade, I've never really got it. I haven't. I've been very behind that, um, the curve, if you will, on Andrade and how WWE features him and what they think of him. They thought way more of him than I ever did. Not that I think he's bad. I just don't think he's this headline act or even semi main event act for my money, just for yeah. me, me as an individual fan, not everybody else, just me. Right? So, but with that said, I've been wrong about him every single time. The dude seems to win all the damn time. So, the fact that he's going over and ricochet now in this context, I wasn't surprised by that because here's what he like. they need to build him back up. This is a terrible 50 50 booking, however. With Ricochet, you don't use Ricochet for this. But
1: okay, let me let me argue this. Zelina Vega is so so much the X factor that proves Ricochet not being good at promos. Zelina Ooh. is that secret weapon that's gotten Andrade because in ring performance, mm. Ricochet is an Andrade is awesome in the ring. Ricochet is better well, in the Ricochet's ring. Better. but Zelina's yep. Zelina's promos though make yes. a complete package whereas ricochet's promos are a little uncomfortable okay. not quite there you know
2: so how do you so then how do, that's a great point glenn actually i agree with you do this then what do you do for a baby face character to have a manager you know yeah. you know what i mean man managers are usually are usually healed i don't know why that is how would you book a baby face manager today
1: it's kind of tough. Um, actually, I would, would, be I would a almost woman? do it. Would
2: it be a guy? If, what would? How would you do? Yeah, I would
1: almost. I would almost treat it maybe Ricochet like a star athlete, and it's like his publicist or his manager. Maybe like his Jerry Maguire. Maybe like the one that you know is the guy behind the guy and is trying to sort of help him and guide him and maybe make Ricochet a little arrogant and his manager makes him a little bit of a better person, you know, more of a baby face. I don't know. I think you could do something a little different with him. But with Ricochet, man, that's the problem. He does these promos and it was just, oh, it was was bad. Like, he looks like a
2: superhero then he starts
1: talking, you know?
2: I mean, uh, yeah. That's a good good point, though, about the manager. That is a good point. Just something. Um, So we
1: come to this wedding segment. Tonight, Bobby Lashley and Lana. <clears throat> first off, where were Bobby Lashley's sisters? Where was Leo Rush? I feel like continuity <laughs> was ignored completely
0: here tonight. Uh, we
1: we had a minister out there taking a sweet time with the vows. Lana had some words. Bobby had fewer words. Uh, Bobby had some makeup on that got all over Lana's face. That was a little awkward. Um, yep. we had interruptions from Lana's first husband from Bobby's first wife. And then, I don't know about you, I'm looking at that big cake, and I'm just thinking, Rusev's in the cake, right? Uh, Before we could get to Rusev in the cake, we got Liv Morgan, which, again, I had to confirm. I was like, that's really Liv Morgan coming in there, saying that, uh, you know, how could you do this? We had something, the way you made me feel. Bobby's like, I never laid a hand on her. Alana says, you know, it was me. Or or Lou says, no, it was Lana." So setting up, we, we talked about this. Man, again, how bad did Sonya Deville... Piss somebody off in the WWE that the first out lesbian woman in the WWE is not, involve, is not involved in uh, uh, an LGBTQ storyline, that they're involving Liv Morgan and Lana in this.
2: So, okay, I thought the same thing. But here's my question. Yeah. Do you then stereotype and pigeonhole the young lady... Because she's out and she's gay by putting her in a gay storyline versus showing her range that, hey, just because she's gay doesn't mean she has to play that gay character. Well, she did talk about
1: on Total Divas working with creative on a lesbian storyline, on a same sex story. Oh,
2: then I take that. Okay, then I take that back. I'm not saying it has to be this
1: storyline, but it does seem like she should have gotten that storyline First and, and maybe I I hate to say no, this, I but if, if you look at uh what happened, you know, with uh uh, uh the storyline Billy uh was in back in the day, I think maybe having a uh, more respectful, believable uh same sex storyline with uh Sonya and someone else, like maybe you do that and then you could do something like this, whereas it's not um it's not just Unbelievable, uh
2: believable.
1: Yeah, like with this, I think they were trying to be titillating or salacious. Like, there was trying to be a big people were yes. chanting Jerry they wanted that Jerry Springer sort of crazy moment. Oh my god, you're not gonna see this coming! They're like, this is yeah. not a nuanced, realistic depiction of a same sex relationship. So,
2: then maybe that's a good thing. Then they say, you know what I mean? Because then maybe yeah. when Sonia they do have Sonia that they'll do it, it will mean more because it will be, it will have those nuances that you're talking about. Yeah, I hope. yeah I mean, something's got to
1: – I will say with all this, right, so with uh, with Liv and Lana getting into it, with Rusev then coming out of the cake and Rusev and Bobby getting into it, I did have to say that seeing Liv and Rusev together at the end made me think, okay, this could be kind of a cool pairing. They could do something cool with this yes. maybe that maybe won't be such a shit show for either of their careers uh, with the storyline
2: going forward. Dude. Dude, Rusev is crazy over. Yeah, and Liv and live is now paired with him. So this this is something big for her versus what where, where she left before she you know came back this time. Yeah, this is a main event. This is a main event storyline she just got interjected in. So true. You know, I mean, do we all wish it was Bray Wyatt and she was kind yeah. of sort of, you know, his Harley Quinn? Hell yeah, we do. But yeah. um, still. I'm happy she's in the main event situation. I'm happy she's in the main event situation though, and we can start seeing more of the her, her chops because all I've ever heard is that she's a lot better than what I've seen on TV. And her charisma's through the roof, and she can cut promos, and she's this entertaining act. What I've seen on TV is not who she really is. Is what many wrestlers have told me. So I'm excited to see it.
1: I'll tell you, man, I saw her at an NXT house show in Lakeland, Florida back in 2015, wrestling under her own name, Jana Adadio, coming out there, and mm-hmm. she looked like a superstar then. I mean, just the way she worked the crowd, yeah. her in-ring movements. I mean, I've been a big fan of her since then. I don't think they've ever really let her go. It's almost kind of yeah. unfortunate they're pairing her with Lana. I mean, say what you will about yeah. Lana. Um, say what you will about her acting skills. Her in-ring skills are below her acting skills. Um it's uh, she's not necessarily That's the best true. opponent. Who's gonna, you know,
2: they're not gonna put on five star matches. This is a good point, actually. I didn't think of it that way. I've been thinking about her getting in there and getting her hands on Lana, or or, or whatever, just for like a couple of seconds here, You're and yeah. there, and getting a hot tag beat for her. Lana can do that at least. Yeah. But you're right, as far as a one on one match goes, you're right. It's not gonna be Charlotte versus anybody. You're right.
1: Yeah, uh, so we'll see. And I thought Lana with this promo tonight, man. It's like I know they're scripting these a lot. I don't want to take it on out, out on the talent and be like, because she screwed that up tonight. When she was saying that that more women, even in their little pinky finger, don't have the char. Like she screwed up the saying. Like she was getting stuff backwards. There were some awkward moments. But I get. I mean, what what were TV days like, Matt? When they would give you scripted stuff? I mean, was it like being on a soap opera where you literally had to memorize three pages sometimes before you went out there?
2: Yeah, kind of. Um, Except, I wouldn't have to rehearse it in front of them. I remember that
1: part. Yeah, is
2: it better or worse? You know, huh? I think it'd be more nerve wracking showing it to them before the show starts and getting on the mic in front of everybody. It's embarrassing, and it takes all the feeling out of that promo. That only an arena can give you, and live fans can give you. Do you know what I mean? I think that's why they miss a lot of that reactionary type of promos nowadays, even though they're overly scripted still. The fact that is now they're being told what to say, but they're being told what to say, and making them say it in front of them in the arena, an empty arena with 20-some-odd wrestlers playing grab-ass around the ring, all right, and halfway paying attention, halfway not, and Vince and the production through that promo and criticizing the hell out of it. That's nerve-wracking. and That's okay. You get paid a lot of money. Who cares about the nerve-wracking part? My point is you take away from that react. You don't have the live fans. So you're not going to be – I know myself. I need those live fans to really get into my promos a lot of the time, especially for an in-ring promo. And you miss that. So here they are judging you before the show starts on your promo when I don't think that's fair to do because you don't have the reaction from the fans to really be able to depict how that promo is really going to go later that night.
1: Yeah. And as Alice pointing out, like Bobby's not doing well with his lines. I feel like this is maybe a case because clearly Paul Heyman and to an extent Vince loves this storyline so much, right? This is their YouTube clickbait. They put this at the end. This was the main segment they built up to for the last segment on the last raw of the decade. I'm, Bed, no, in, sure. But I'm saying in their head, like the writers who are behind this are writing it like they think they're writing like a movie. This is their epic.
2: Definitely. Definitely. 100%, dude. Yes. And there's no totally. way. I mean, you have
1: to be a really good actor. I mean, think about how much dialogue Lana had tonight. To have to go out there and memorize Seriously. those pages, go out there and deliver that. Um, I mean, it's tough.
2: That I give her credit for just that part because I couldn't even fathom how long her script was tonight.
1: Yeah. I mean, that was pages tonight. Um, It is uh, the Ripper saying it will kill in the ratings. I'm sure this will be the highest rated segment of tonight's show. So there you have it. Um, That's the last Raw of the decade. Next week.
2: What's that? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah. Can you, can can you hear me? think there's a delay um i was gonna say is i'm hoping fans at home please when this segment comes on turn the show off please then they'll get the hint and stop showing us this garbage
1: yeah yeah oh mandy rose uh reacted as raw went off the air saying no words and uh the emoji that does not look happy uh not angry but uh mandy i'm i'm assuming mandy was in the pitch for the, the storyline with sonia right they built up to it it seemed like if sonia was gonna have a same sex storyline mandy would be the one it was with um i could absolutely see why or Mandy's-
2: or or, or mandy sticking up for her buddy and sticking yeah. up for her girl for being half yeah. over here maybe
1: yeah um it's tough man like i said there's a lot of good stuff on tv right now I don't mean to hammer that point home too much, but I feel like every week I discover new shows and right. watch new things that are so so good. And I just wish they could make the the not the inner I mean not the in-ring action, but the the storylines. I just wish they could make them even half as good as the other stuff I'm watching on TV currently.
2: Yeah, man. Fair request. Yeah, it's
1: tough. Um Although I did have someone that's a casual fan over tonight. And when the Buddy Murphy and Aleister Black match happened, uh, they said, oh, I didn't realize these were two different people. I thought this was the same guy. Now I understand.
2: I could see that. Yeah, For What it's worth, the haircuts I, I, and the facial hair. I could see that.
1: Yeah. So casual fans. Uh, I guess, but that's the argument, right? The stuff like the Bobby, the uh, the uh, Lana segment, I understand where that is more memorable. Um, yes. So that's the thing, man. Not a terrible show, but it's just it's, it's tough. I feel like we've been running in place so much. Next week, it's a new year. We're on the road to WrestleMania. Well, we're on the road to the Royal Rumble, which begins the road to WrestleMania. Next week, I think, is when they, uh, I mean, I hate to say, you know, not when they start caring again, but when they start working a bit harder to uh, build up to some better moments.
2: Yeah, I agree. I, I, hope. I hope. I hope. I hope. But we seem to be hoping a lot, Colin.
1: Yeah, hey, what, what else can you do, right? I mean, and now this week, uh, Wednesday, I believe we are doing a podcast. Uh, Wednesday, there's new AEW, but NXT is the best of this Wednesday.
2: Oh, really? I'm going to be in the air flying back from here. That's fine. Um, Probably me and Justin talking about AEW. Oh, wait. No, I won't. My flight leaves at 10.30 p.m. this time, Hawaii time. So it's 5.30 p.m. Hawaii time. Actually, I could do it. Never mind.
1: And uh, we're going to have Cody Rhodes versus Darby Allin on Wednesday's AEW. Again, a rematch. That should be good.
2: Yeah, that will be good.
1: And I'm sure uh, there'll be more in the build with Jericho and <coughs> Moxley and MJF and Cody, and uh, it'll be good times. So I don't think there's a lot more to. Oh, I'm sorry, Matt, what'd you
2: have? Could, yeah, I wanted to, besides kill a couple minutes, I, I also wanted just to add my two cents because I saw on Twitter you put out there on SmackDown, <laughs> I've been dying to answer this on the air about them having dancing Braun Strowman. Yeah oh my god you hit the nail on the head glenn i was screaming i'm surprised you didn't hear it um (laughs) here on the island of oahu and i'm sitting there and my wife's like it's not that big a deal i'm like are you kidding me it's not that big a deal this guy should be the heavyweight champion he should be literally eating people physically and spitting them out and he's dancing come on no you saved this haha crap for him when his knees go, and he's getting closer toward retirement, and is not the big monster as much anymore, right? We're talking twenty years from now. Yeah, you don't be doing this crap with him now. I was so, I was so pissed off on his behalf. I'm sure he's not because he's a good guy, and he's 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 a fun loving dude, and he's cool as hell. I've told you he's humble, but oh, if I was him, I would have marched in there. Like, are you effing kidding me, Vince? Are you kidding? me?
1: <sighs> he did win the tag team titles at WrestleMania with what, a nine-year-old boy, you know?
2: Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Like, he is so much better than this. I, I don't know. know. He's in shape. Um, he seems to have a good attitude. I, I don't get what the hell they're doing with him. I, I don't. I just don't. You know
1: what's interesting? Uh The other day, I was listening to Macaulay Culkin has a podcast called Bunny Ears, and I was listening to his episode with uh, the rapper R and B artist Lizzo on it. And at the very end, and this is why this hasn't been reported anywhere because who's listening to Macaulay Culkin's podcast and who makes it to the end. Nobody. But he's talking to his fiance, who's always saying, oh, you always get dragged into things. Whenever we go to concerts, people bring you up on stage. If you go to an indie wrestling show, you end up in the ring. And he, Macaulay let it slip that at WrestleMania, remember when Braun said he was going to have that mystery partner to face the bar and it ended up being Nicholas. Macaulay, during the day, was pitching WWE creative and Braun Strowman himself on saying, please have me be your partner in this match. <laughs> and Braun was like, no, I got it covered. I got it covered. Yeah, you know, I got something really good, even better.
2: And it was Nicholas. I Props to Macaulay Culkin, though, for real, for being a legitimate, authentic, yeah. real wrestling fan, though. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, this a, man. This, this is a famous celebrity who has no problem throwing his markdom out there like the rest of us. That's awesome. I love that.
1: Yeah, it was a good detail to hear at the end of it. But with Braun, man, I mean, I think with Braun... Him being the serious monster, I mean, aside from 2016, they they really dropped
2: that pretty quick. And, okay, I'm not saying he has to be, okay, he doesn't have to be like boring promo serious, but come on, they did the right things with him. Have pulled the whole set down with the rope. Yeah. His feats of strength. That's all he needs to do. And it's good for un- another two years. It's not going to get boring. It's only good to think it's going to go anywhere. And it, his his glass ceiling is Brock Lesnar. That's when it gets boring. That's the problem. His glass ceiling should not be Brock Lesnar. He should be putting Brock Lesnar through a glass ceiling, even though know, it makes no sense. But do you see what I'm saying, though? Like he should be just monster killing people. Well, that was the turning point when he lost to Brock
1: Lesnar. What was it? A Great Balls of Fire. That's when it feels
2: like it feels like a couple times, though, didn't it? did yeah. lose to him a couple times? We're like, no, tonight's the night. No, 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 tonight's going to be the night. And yeah. then, no. And he didn't go over Roman in that feud, did he,
1: when he the ambulance thing? Like, that was awesome. Like, I feel like,
2: Ugh. oh, yeah, that was good. Yeah. That was good.
1: So we'll see. Hey, it's a new year, man. 2020, we'll see what that has in store for Braun Strowman. Um, so that's all we got, man. Matt, you're in Hawaii, uh, a place I've oh, only yeah. been once, but I would very much like to go back. It's just such a tranquil environment there.
0: It
2: is even for my hot headed, but it is yep.
1: (laughs) Yes. Oh, so we debated this uh, just to get your take on this. We debated this on Friday night's podcast. Was Rick Rude legitimately super hot and attractive, or was his gimmick that he wasn't, but him saying and acting like he was what made it a better gimmick?
2: Hmm. Back in his time, he. All I know is like my mom and other women loved Magnum. not, the wrestler man. Sure, the other Tom Selleck. What's his name? No, Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck, right? They loved him. He was considered like America's yeah. sexiest man, as I recall, at one point. Absolutely. That's what Rick Woods looked like with a freaking 12, pick, twelve pack of abs on top of it, and was a prick and bragged about it. Well, there you go. So Matt I, Morgan, I think, that, I think I think I think Darren lied his heat, right? He knew how good looking he was, and you know your wife your wife wants to be with me, Fato. How about that? He was such a jerk about it. To me, he just looked like the skeevy guy that,
1: like, your mom rebounded with. after the divorce.
2: yeah. Today, I would say yes. But yeah. back then, you got to remember, like, that was the style. The mustache, like. Yeah. Right. I mean, just okay, shave the mustache yeah. off, give him a, t- a updated haircut, and put it in today's society. Right. No one's. You know, I don't think a woman's chicken, you know, um, uh, Rick root out of the bed anytime soon.
1: I don't know. we he's all oiled I up like Jay that? Man. all that oil, stain some sheets. Uh, okay, so on that <laughs> note, let's wrap this up, the last Wrestling Inc. podcast of the 2010s. We'll be back here Wednesday night to talk AEW Dynamite. He's at BP Matt Morgan. I'm at Glenn Rubenstein. Have a happy new year, everyone. We'll catch you back here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast.
0: Shaka
2: Brada. How's that?